Hello, hello. Thank you for joining us today. We have two guests who are delighted to present, a veteran novelist and comic creator, McCall, and our jovial editor, Rowdy. We're excited to talk about their current BL comic, The Legless Travel, where we follow Fletch and Judas's cross-country road trip and the music, the diversity, and the romance they find along the way. We'll learn about the friendship McCall and Rowdy cultivated over the years, from a writer-reader bond to eventually becoming McCall's indispensable editor. We'll also chat about a beautiful episode they worked tirelessly to portray Judas's emotional musical performance for Fletch, and discuss why you should be reading The Legless Traveled right now. Hope you enjoy! Hey, McCall and Rowdy, how are you? Good. Thank you for having us. Hey, yo, doing fantastic. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming on to the show. I am really excited to talk about The Leg Less Traveled. So uh, why don't you two start by just introducing yourselves a little bit? Uh, Mikkel, why, why don't you go first? Um, okay, so I'm, I'm the creator, or I guess you could call me the artist for The Leg Less Traveled. Um, and I've actually done a couple other comics in, my, in the past, but this is my current project. We're a two-man show. I mean, I would say it's a, it's largely my putting in the effort, but Rowdy plays an important role, so I wanted him to be here. Um, and I've been doing comics for oh, close to nine years now, so mm. this isn't my first rodeo, but it's my first rodeo with Rowdy, and uh, that's it's been a it's been an adventure so far. This is your first rodeo? That's a terrible joke. <laughs> As it came out, I. <laughs> Didn't want to freaking say it. I'm sorry. Okay, let's just let's just move on. We'll pretend I, that I we can can't believe that we've out. never we've never even thought of that one. <laughs> yeah, we've never said that to you. That's actually Jeez. really funny. Wow. And so uh, yeah, I'm B Rowdy Lufkin. Nice to meet you. And I am the editor for The Leg Less Traveled. Um, I have no drawing ability whatsoever. I have no prior experience editing comics whatsoever. Comics whatsoever. So McCall is a completely crazy person. Person having asked me to help her out with this. So let's, I mean, let's dive in. How did you two end up meeting each other? What's the story behind that? So we've, we've known each other for quite a few years now because Rowdy has been following my previous comics um, since I want to say like maybe 2016, 17, somewhere in there. Um, and I've done, I've done three comics prior to The Legless Traveled. So I started in 2014. Um, that was when I started planning my first comic and he's been following me for a while now. We've become like slowly became more acquaintanced and he um, just, I want to say like warmed his way in. <laughs> so <laughs> we became really good friends though um, about two years ago, like at the beginning of COVID, it was early 2020. And um, I don't, I honestly can't even remember really what, what spurred that friendship, but um, I think what solidified it was we had some wildfires here and um, he was he was kind of my rock when I when I had this traumatic experience and I lost my house in a wildfire and uh, I don't know maybe it's a maybe it's a shared trauma thing where you just you kind of build friendships over that but he he was the one that um, from how many miles away I don't even know but he had texted me the morning of when I lost my house in the fire and he had found a video online of my street that had completely burnt down and he sent it to me. So this was the very first time that like anybody had really, um, 
what I don't want to say like like verified it like I up until this point I didn't know that my house had really burnt down but when he found that out um, it was kind of a turning point for our friendship it was like wow this is somebody that really cares about me and uh, it, we just got closer from there yeah I'm, I'm sure that was a very very tough moment uh, for you and it's it's amazing to see the positives that you can uh, find from that. Yeah, I mean, Rowdy, what was that like for you uh, going through that whole experience, kind of watching from afar? It was surreal to say the least. Um, I've never had to go through anything like that in my life. And to be so many thousand miles away and not being able to do anything to help out or protect was, was awful. And it, it, it was just, you know, listening to all the things that were happening, listening to the, the police blotter and all that stuff about what was actually going on. It was, it was unfathomable. And, you know, I was just thrilled that McCall made the smart decision um, to, you know, her, her, um, uh, one of her, her parents called her up and said, you know, the fires are coming your way, get out of the house. And she had the wherewithal to just take herself, take her cat. It and go. And I think it was a matter of what, four hours later, because you work yeah. a night shift, right? So you're asleep. Mm. Yeah. And so four, four or five hours later, you know, everything was, was engulfed. So it, it, it was just, it was awful to watch someone that you really care about go through something like that. I will go on to say too, is, you know, I've met a, a ton of people in my life and, and a lot of wonderful people, but McCall definitely stands out. She's totally unique. And one of the few people I've ever met who I have so much in common with. I love the bond that the two of you have uh, formed. So do both of you mind going a little bit into the working relationship about, you know, how you two work together uh, and what that process has been like? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say, and I, I probably piggyback off of the fact that I used to do everything solo, right? But mm -hmm. I would say that I do probably 90, 85, 90% of the of the work. Like, I mean, I, I'm the creator, I'm kind of the, the backbone to the story. Um, and then obviously all the art is my own, but as far as our workflow goes, I mean, we, we meet and do kind of like a meeting like this once a week, um, where we do like a hard edit on, um, text and I, I'm not the greatest with like grammar and commas and things like that. So <laughs> Rowdy, he really picks up the slack in, in that area or yeah, he picks up my slack in that area. Um, and then also like our creative mind, like the way that we come up with the stories and the scenarios, um, it's just a constant conversation between us. We're always talking about, you know, where, what are, what are Judas and Fletcher going to do next? Where are they going to go? What's going to happen mm -hmm. in Texas? What's going to happen in, you know, the Grand Canyon? What's going to happen when they get on Route 66? Like there's all these different destinations and plot points that, um, we just have like a running commentary on, on what's going on. So he does have a lot to do with the creative input. Um, but as far as the work, I would say I do about 90, 90% of it. And McCall, what got you into making comics in the first place? You said you've been doing this for nine years, yeah. which is unbelievable. Uh -huh. So what got you into it? Um, well, I started just by reading comics and, and I found web comics before, um, I was, I was probably 14 or 15 years old when I started reading them. And I found the first comic I ever read was Starfighter um, by Hamlet Machine. And that was a web, that was a web comic that was just on her own website. It wasn't on a hosting site. Um, and then I found Lucid, I found Avila, um, I found 
Always Raining Here by Hazel and Bell. I don't know if you even know these comics. They're kind of old. Um, mm. But I actually started um, posting on Smack Jeeves. I don't know if you even know that website. No, no, I so, don't know what that is. So before, before Webtoons was a thing and before um, like Tapas, those hosting apps, there was a, web, a website called Smack Jeeves and that was the original like webcomic hosting site. And wow. it, wasn't, it wasn't an app, it was just a website and it was kind of outdated, but um, that's where I started. And, and I was, you know, I was right out of high school, maybe 17 when I started planning, 18 when I started posting my first comic. Um, and it just was something I always wanted to do. I mean, I've always been into art. I've always been into storytelling. So when I started it, it was probably how everybody says that they start their comic. You know, it was just for fun or it was a hobby or whatever. And then it snowballed into more. Right. You also were an art uh, student, right? You went to high school uh, for specialty in art. And also somewhere along the way, you developed, you were a novelist as well. You've written a few novels. So you, uh, <laughs> you kind yeah. of span the gamut artistically. I've, I've been drawing my entire life. I mean, since I could hold a pencil. So doing art and, and writing characters and, and storytelling has been something that has been a part of me my entire life. I feel like it was really just a matter of time, like when I started actually like posting something online. I feel like I want to start bringing Rowdy places because you're just like the best hype man I've ever met. Like, you know, you're, <laughs> you're coming in here with all, like, I'll start inviting you to things. It's going to be, it's going to be great. My life is going to look so much better. If there, honestly, if there's anything he's good at, that's, it's that. He's a hype man. <laughs> it's the hype man. There's a, there's oh. a reason why I'm called B Rowdy and it's not just the name. It, it's a, I don't know. It's a, it's a way of life. It's the way of yeah. life. <laughs> It's, it's just who you are. I love it. So in terms of art style influence, McCall, what things that you consumed when you were younger do you think influenced your art style or how did you even develop it? Because that's a question that we get a lot from young artists. It's a hard question to answer because it's, there's so many different things that have, you know, come and go in my life. But I mean, I would even go back as far as like when I was, you know, maybe three, four years old and I was super into Disney, like old Disney movies. Mm. And I remember I used to like pause the TV screen and put a piece of paper up on it and then like trace Disney characters. And that mm. was probably where my love of art started. And I think, and maybe this is just me, but I really do think that you can still see like aspects of Disney in my art today. Um, and then there's also like, you know, anime, manga influence. Um, there's, I really was influenced by, um, Starfighter by Hamlet Machine, which was the first comic I mentioned. Um, just it's it's just a gradual change. I mean, I I would say that you don't really get to pick; it just sort of happens. Now, talking a little bit about the comic making process, you talked about the division of work between you and Rowdy. In terms of your process of putting out a comic, what does that look like? So I would say I have a pretty good timeline now um it wasn't always like that but i i work a hospital graveyard shift right now where um i have about 6 7 hours a night that i can draw and it really helps that i have this um set schedule where i'm like it's almost like i have a designated place to draw and a time to draw so while i'm you know multitasking my regular job and drawing it takes about 5 days to get an update completed um, and that's, that's like start sketches to finish. And me and Rowdy, we meet once a week. Like I, I think I mentioned earlier, 
um, and we we do a text edit and then maybe it takes me another day if that to do whatever edits we come up with in the review yeah it's interesting to see how it's changed over time i think the first thing that we did uh that mccall used to not do at all which i think has been beneficial is to thumbnail and to really yes. think out, you know, um, not only, so McCall is really great about, um, you know, her long-term vision. Like she knows where the story is going to go. So there's like, say, well, well-defined destination points and the road to get there, right? Much like, much like the road trip and leg less traveled, right? The road mm -hmm. to get there is sometimes fraught with peril or bumps or unexpected things that you actually want to see and do. <laughs> it doesn't go the way that you expect, right? So there's sort of a we do a double of a, like a long, a long-term vision, but also short-term thumbnails where we'll look three, four, five episodes ahead and try to ensure that what we're doing in the future, sort of we, we plant seeds uh, or we, ma I mean, we make sure that there's seeds planted for future things that we want to hit, but also that everything is consistent with, with what we've already had, what we already had. My role then is sort of, it, it, it's sort of mm -hmm. a combination of things. I would say that, you know, in, in addition to being the, the comma, the comma police and the grammar <laughs> police. It's also to ensure that what is going on in McCall's mind can make its way clearly <laughs> onto the page so that it's easy to read and easy to understand. And she's fortunate that I'm a complete moron. So things, no. <laughs> go over me, things go over my head very, very easily, right? So I, it's like, what did you mean when you said this? Or what were you trying to say when you did this, right? It's so, clarity. He's, he's really, yes. really good at finding clarity or forcing me to find clarity, I should say. Yes, and I think that's, you know, my my role then is to is to help her find that clarity and to take what she's done and help her find it and just to be that sort of sanity check before it goes out to the public to say, the things that you're thinking about aren't coming across on the page accordingly, or if you say it this different way, you know, that'll help come across as well. Mm -hmm. um, I would also say part of my role too was being, um, since they went to New Orleans, being the Lenny app, we like to joke about that, like yeah. mm -hmm. adding a little bit more rowdiness, a little bit more, a, a little sure. bit more um, action, a little bit more facial expression, a little more drama or something like that. Even like the, um, like the destination, like some of the names, like the gas station names and the, um, the signs and the the different mm. funny things in the background that you see in the comic, I would say that's ninety five percent rowdy. That's yeah. My my role is to uh, name things in part, <laughs> and I'd say the the last the last part of what I do is to essentially be a pro a project manager and to help make sure that she's staying on track and meeting her goals because and that's something that she likes. I love it. I. I never thought that I would, because like I said, I've always worked solo, but it is so nice to have somebody that's not fans or, you know, Patreons waiting for the next update. Like it is so nice to have somebody that I can give this to, and I'm excited to give it to before it goes live. That, I mean, it's, it's like motivation, top tier motivation for me. So let's talk a little bit about the leg less traveled. Uh, McCall, do you mind going a little bit into the inspiration behind the story and how you came up with the concept? Yeah, um, I, I think at my core, it's I, I love traveling and I do a lot of traveling. The story, like doing a road trip comic was something that I think I really decided to do it because it's never really been done before. Actually, it's been done once in, in BL comics that I know of. Um, and, and that's a story called the, it's called the um, Less Than Great Adventures of TJ and Amal. Like it's this really old 
comic on its own website. It was never on an app. It was never on a hosting site. Um, and that's the only comic that I know of that's a road trip themed. So one, I wanted to do something original. Um, and two, I love traveling. We've together, me and Rowdy have been a ton of places, um, especially him. And I think I'm really into um, just like different cultures, learning about you know new, new places and people and the different lives that we live in the US. And um, you know, if I was more worldly, I would probably write a comic about, you know, in other countries and stuff. But for now, this is what I know and this is what I'm interested in. So we just kind of took it and ran with it from there. She McCall also, I, I don't want to put words in her mouth per se, but uh, you know, you also you want to talk a little bit about, you know, your, your fascination with Americana and I do and just rep and representing life in the United States. It, yeah, I, I, it's worth, it's uh, noteworthy. It's worth noting that, um, you know, I, I do really like kind of a retro Americana theme. Um, I like it in decorations. I like it in stories. I like it in movies. So that also influences it. Um, music, like I love music. I'm a huge music person. Um, that also influenced the comic a lot, so. There's a lot of pieces. There's there's a lot of things that went into it. So it seems like you started with the concept itself. Did you know right off the bat that you wanted to make it a BL story or did you add that in as you were developing it? No, that that was always going to be um, from the beginning. Like I, I, I love romance. I mean, I've written a couple, you know, romance novels too. And my other comics were BLs. So it's a good comfort zone mm. for me. Actually, you know, it's also, I feel like, we're missing a big piece here, which is the fact that my previous comic, which was a fantasy romance called Periwinkle Blue, um, that was actually more popular than The Legless Traveled is now. I mean, it was, Periwinkle Blue was kind of like my, um, my big one before this comic. And that comic I didn't finish. And I ended up, um, I ended up stopping it and putting it on kind of an indefinite hiatus because I wasn't happy with it. I wasn't happy with what I was doing. I got kind of far off track. Um, mm. I didn't have Rowdy, that's probably why. <laughs> and then uh, when I didn't have any other, like I didn't have any fight left in me to do this, you know, Periwinkle Blue comic, I kind of, I kind of thought that The Legless Traveled was gonna be my last comic. Let's put it that way. I thought it was gonna be my last comic. I thought, um, you know, this was it. So I better do something that I really enjoy and make the most of it. You started with the concept then. You knew it was going to be a road trip comic. You knew it was going to be BL. What was character development like for you? Oh, it's always different with characters. Um, music was a big influence, especially for Judas's character. Um, music was a big part of how he developed. Um, we also really wanted unique characters that you don't see in BL very often. Mm. So um, that was having a you know a POC main character and that was having a disabled main character um and props to Rowdy for that one because he's the one that came up with the idea of having Fletch missing a leg um and I would say their designs like their actual designs they they came fairly quickly um it probably took like a month just to kind of get their designs done and once, once you get the design right, it's, it's really easy to fall in love with it. And I, for me, that doesn't take very long, but um, I will say, this is just kind of a fun fact. 
originally um kinley the character kinley in in the comic Mm. was going to be the main character he was going to be our fletch and um it just didn't vibe right like him and judas just it it Mm. wasn't the right uh it wasn't the right match and so we ended up scrapping kinley and then we kind of came up with fletch and then later on brought kinley back in it it, it just came over the span of a good few months of talking about this and what kinds of characters that she wanted to have in the story and what their personalities might be like and I, I, it just always was through casual conversation that we you know we both I'm uh, so she works the night shift and I just don't sleep so <laughs> we would just you know I, if I'm having trouble sleeping we would just end up talking about the comic or talking about the characters and it just sort of evolved on its own and they they, they kind of just they created themselves so much it's really funny that she that that mccall always used to say like the, the characters write themselves and I, I always thought that that was kind of crazy until i actually started living it and and they do their personalities develop and i mean it's almost as if all of them are sitting in the room right next to me or right next to mccall like i we we know we we know what they're thinking we know what they we know how they would react like 99 percent of the time yeah they're their own people for sure yeah do you have any advice for people in terms of you know getting characters to feel that real because that's obviously a very difficult thing to get to but once you do like you said the magic of of getting you know the characters to feel that real i'm sure it it drastically changes their creative process um i i wish i wish there was a an easy an easy way to do it i you know but there's there's not a lot of structure for um for us at least with these characters, like, like he said, it just was very natural and it was a product of us talking and, you know, casual conversation about it. But I think ultimately, like everybody finds inspiration in different areas. Um, for me, like I said, a lot of it's music, a lot of it's, um, just like the things that I'm into right now, it's not always the same, but like things I get into, um, and whatever those in, inspirations are like you pull from those and you give them pieces of yourself pieces of your own experience and and they write themselves um if if people have trouble with that um because i do know a lot of writers not necessarily webcomic artists but writers they're very into um you know creating like character pages and and having um backgrounds written out and having everything written out from their eye colors to their personalities to what they like what they dislike i'm not I'm not really into that. I, I kind of just like the natural flow of creating characters, um, but some people need that structure. So I think it's just what finding works for you. I think the externalization of it also helped quite a bit like that. We were able to talk about it as much as we did. It, it, it makes them, it, it, ha- it, it brings them to life just by talking. I mean, I can't even count the number of hours we've talked about each of the characters and what their lives might be like, or could mm. be like, um, or what their experiences might be. And it's something, and it's aspects that we both draw on from our own uh, experiences growing up. A good example of that is um, the character's moms, you know, Fletcher's mom and Judas's mom. Uh, both, I would say both of their, both of those characters have aspects of our life in them and our mothers that we've had to deal with. And, you know, you pull from experiences that you have, I don't, you know, it just adds to it. I think that might be where the magic is. Mm. Part of it is also the magic is just plain McCall is that she has one <laughs> of her great, one of her greatest talents, uh, you know, having read her novels and all of her web comics, she just has a, an innate ability 
to create compelling, very relatable, real characters. But I can't spell and I can't do commas. <laughs> There's a price for everything. And your, right. your price for making great characters is spelling, which which seems fine to me. That I feel like I'd take that any day of the week. It's a good so, trade-off. Yeah, it's a really good trade-off. Uh, what's what did you want your readers to feel as they read the like less traveled? What were the themes that you were trying to hit? Um, definitely diversity. Uh, we want to show a lot of different places in the comic. We want to we want to make readers feel like they're going on this road trip with them. Food is another big one that kind of goes along with the culture, the diversity, um, music, because obviously Judas is a musician. His um, his siblings are you know they're the band members for Les Lavelles and. It's all, it's also like the retro Americana thing. Like there's a lot of themes, but I think overall the general is that we wanna have a romantic lighthearted story. Um, it's a very fun BL. It's not gonna be, it's not gonna have any trauma. It's not gonna have, you know, any um, major heartbreak or anything like that. It's just a story about growth and acceptance and love and, you know, new places and new people and kind of just the good in the world, like the good that's still out there. I would say another thing that we kind of talk about quite a bit that isn't, it, it sort of runs through the veins of our conversation, but it's also hope mm -hmm. that, you know, given the past, like, you know, five to 10 years is that especially not just internal, but external of what the United States, what America looks like is that we are fragile. We're divided. Mm -hmm. We're so different that there's no way that we can all get along. And we wanted to try and create a story and create experiences to show that if you give people a chance, that people from very, very different backgrounds and very, very different ways of being can actually get along and find a lot more commonality than they might think otherwise. Yeah. And that's, that's a, it's a brushstroke over the whole thing. I mean, we're, we don't want to get overly political with the comic, but we no. want it to be, we want it to be good and we want it to show, you know, those themes. That's actually a big thing that we didn't want to do is to be heavy handed with anything. So, for example, like Fletch's missing leg or, right. you know, the fact that Judas is African-American and, you know, he'll be traveling in places that may that may have some stereotypes around that sort of thing that we wanted to show what the world could look like when everybody gives everybody else a chance and to right. sort of almost to like normalize diversity. I think that's what we wanted to try and do. And it might be a little bit, you know, utopian on our part, but still we, we think that that's an ideal that we should all strive for. And just to have a comic that, that can show a potential to show that potential that there is room in right. a place for all of us. And it doesn't sacrifice who they are either, because you do have obviously Judas's culture in new Orleans and, you know, being French Creole. And there's a lot of identity in that, in that, for the characters, um, you know, and like Fletch being disabled, like it is a part of him, but it's not the whole part of him. Um, the comic is not, you know, it's not about him being disabled, but it's very present in that. So it's a fine line, you know, it's, it's actually a really, um, I would say ambitious thing for us, but it's, it's a fine line between going too far and, and we, uh, so far so good. We've never had any issues. Yeah, it's it's an important message to get across too, because I mean, you kind of look anywhere at the you know what's kind of happening around the world, and it's very easy to feel negative and to feel that there's a lot going wrong, and people definitely need to balance that out with 
experiences of what it looks like when good comes out of, you know, meeting different people, seeing different perspectives. So I appreciate the fact that both of you are putting a story like that out there. It's, it's definitely made me feel a bit more hopeful about, um, you know, what you can see in the world. So uh, appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad you I'm glad you've enjoyed it so far. Thank you. And it's definitely both life philosophies that we both try to we try to practice what we quote unquote preach to right that it's right. That's something we both really love. We love diversity. We both love meeting various kinds of people and being exposed to wildly different things. So like both McCall and I come from vastly different backgrounds and, you know, mm. we've got to experience each of our lives. Like she's come and visited me multiple times and I visited her now uh, as well. And just to, just to experience how different, how different our lives are, our backgrounds are so different mm. and how much, I don't know how much, how close you can still be with, with, with such different backgrounds. It's, it's awesome. I'd love to talk a bit about what it's like for you to engage with your audience. At the end of your episodes, sometimes you'll say, oh, hey, I'm going to be at this comic convention. Uh, it seems to be a big part about what you do. Why is our convention so important to you? So I kind of fell in love with the con circuit probably, I don't know, maybe four years ago, five years ago. Um, and it was something that kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I didn't even know it was a thing where you could just like get a table and set up a display and sell merchandise um, until I discovered it. And then once I did discover it, it was like, I got to do that. I, I just knew from the very beginning, I was like, that's what I need to do. I want to do that. I want to talk to people. Um, you can probably tell with this podcast, I like to talk to people um, about, you know, my stuff. So I, uh, I went to one and I would say my first one was a major failure as far as profits go, but it was probably the best thing that I could have done because it really, it really gave me an outlet to do a different part of what I wanted to do, not just comic creation, not just the online portion, but actually meet people and talk to people. And um, when I go to conventions, a lot of it is catered to the fans. I do a lot of fan art stuff for them. Um, but the ultimate goal is to be there promoting web comics and, you know, kind of this brand that I've created for myself. In terms of, uh, you know, other ways to support yourself, you know, you, you talked about, you know, my first convention, it wasn't maybe as successful as I would have, but it was one of the best things that you could do. In terms of success, it seems like you found a lot of success with your Patreon. So can you talk a little bit about how Patreon has really changed the way you can support yourself with your work? Yeah, I wish I had a good answer for this, mm. but the truth is like we put this under a microscope and looked at it and looked at it and looked at it for so long. And we still don't really know what it is that drives people to my Patreon mm. specifically more than anybody else's as far as web comics go. Um, I do have a lot of very old fans, like older. Um, they've been, you know, following me for six, seven years, and I'm very thankful that they're still following me. But, um, as far as like the, the conversion rate, I, I don't know. I, I wish I had a better answer. I guess I just got lucky there. I guess my comic is the type of comic when people read it, they feel like they want to read more right then and there. Maybe it's an impulse thing. I don't know. Uh, Rowdy, if you have anything, he's, he's the numbers guy. I'm not in uh, like, I don't, I don't do numbers, but he, he maybe has something else. I don't know. I have tried to figure this out um, as well, and I don't have I don't have any good conclusion for this either. Um, I can hypothesize that um, the comic itself is probably 
written uh, the, written and geared towards people who are in their early 20s or later, or early 20s or later. Um, you know, everybody can relate. Everybody can relate relate to it. But you know, but if you're if you're if that's sort of the the people that are going to be reading your comic, they're the ones who probably have like discretionary money that they you know and a credit card that they're willing to pay a couple bucks a month to versus a comic that maybe is a much younger audience. Correct. Yeah, that's true. Maybe, maybe. But again, it's a, it's a hypothesis. We have no demographic data or anything like that to support it. So in terms of the kind of marketing your comic and getting your word out, McCall, like you said, you've had loyal readers who've been following you for a long time. So they're one group. Have you tried anything else to get new readers? Has that been something that you've spent a lot of time thinking about? So we have tried so many different things um with especially with the legless traveled like with this comic in particular i don't i don't want to sound arrogant but i do want to say that i don't know why more people aren't reading it um i really i really think that it's just lost in the in the bowels of webtoon like mm. i just don't think people find it um and i think that's a lot to do with like oversaturation um I don't know. I mean, there's, there's other aspects like we could try, you know, we could try putting out ads, but those have never really worked before for me. Yeah. Um, we could try, like I, I could try and do like a TikTok channel where, you know, maybe I promote the webcomic through a TikTok and maybe it goes viral. And that's like, you know, that's, that's just a chance you take, right? Like there's no set path to like make this work. It's just like this uphill battle that we've we've had from the very beginning sort of things we've tried along the way um uh tick uh, you know, instagram pages we've done t tiktok videos even, uh, reddit, even reddit, reddit yeah reddit posts, reddit posts talking to other cre we, we we also have made friends with other creators in the space too that have been fantastic mm -hmm. and, and forthcoming with um with some of the ideas that they've figured out along the way but it's a uh, I, I'll be honest, like this is one of the most frustrating things I would it say is. about being being a, a webcomic artist is that this all this process seems like a complete black box. Mm. How how one gets noticed by, you know, notice me senpai, please notice me webtoon. Like, what is the what is the secret? What do I need to do? You know, I've I've probably sent webtoon like four or five emails over the last year and a half, just being like, can you give me anything? Can you tell me? Am I doing anything wrong? Am I doing anything right? What do you need? What do you not need? Do you accept things that are like, it just, I've tried so many things and they won't even respond to you. Like they, they won't give you any information. So. You know, you mentioned yeah. about how many different webtoons there are. What are both of your thoughts? And maybe Rowdy, we can start with you on just how much webtoon and webcomic has changed in, you know, the past decade. I mean, there's obviously a ton of new artists, which is great, but you know we've heard this recurring theme where it can be hard for you to find an audience for your story. I would say that as these as the platforms have continued to evolve and how they monetize, that has probably also changed uh, what kind of demographic is coming to the various sites and whatnot, right? So, mm -hmm. so Webtoon, for example. Um, Right, though they, they have their own coin purchasing system, but they also have a huge uh, ad generating engine, right? And I was just looking at this last night, as a matter of fact, um, you know, that 60% of their, over 60% of their demographic is people ages, uh, what they say, zero to 20, 
zero to like 25 or something like that. Right. So it's basically young adults. That's it's 60%. a very young. Yeah. Yep. And then like 30 something percent are ages 25 to 34. Mm. Right. And so whoever's in the outlier after that, I don't know, you know, they're making big money on, on marketing and they're banking on, and they're banking on the fact that people are reading comics. So to them having more comics, more, 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 that's probably the best thing for them. What do you want to see from the future of the webcomic industry? I would love to see a way for independent artists to get back into their own spaces. Um, and that's not to say that Webtoons is a bad space to be, or it's not, you know, hugely helpful to some people. It is. And it's been a huge help for me too. Um, not, not in some of the ways I've expected, not in the ways that, you know, I hoped it would be, but it is still a great platform to get started on. Um, but I, I hope going forward, um, growing as an artist that, independent artists and creators find a way to get traffic from these apps back to their own space, if that makes sense. Like I would love to have uh, not just my own website, but a website that's successful that people actually visit. And right now, because Webtoon, um, like we said, it kind of owns the webcomic world. It's just not worth it. It's not worth the money for a website. It's not worth the um, the uphill battle trying to get, you know, foot traffic to your website, mm. but I hope one day it is. I would, I would say there's two things that I would love to see. So one is transparency. Um, I would love to see more clear guidelines about what it takes on their end to get noticed to uh, what criteria are they looking for? Because when you have somebody that is producing, you know, what, what they think is great content and they're doing it with a regularity, which is a huge, a huge endeavor and undertaking, right? You know, co these comic creators are pumping out like at least one major episode a week, if not more, right? And it just takes so much time and effort. Um, the, the other thing I'd like to see uh, is more uh, fine-grained searchability and more fine-grained tagging, right? So Webtoon yeah. right now, mm -hmm. you still, you can't even tag a B, you can't even tag your comic as BL right now. Mm. And I'm not sure why Tapas has that ability. Yeah, Tapas lets you do that. You know, but to have more fine grain specificity and better searching capabilities would be fantastic. Just to, just to get out there. Um, a third thing that I've sort of thought about, and I don't really, I don't. I, I, this is sort of a loose idea, and I haven't really thought about it. But to allow creators to sort of put their money where they where their mouth is, and to pay some pay some money themselves to get their comics noticed as well. And that's sort of a mixed bag though, right? Because then, you know, if you've got, you know, then it becomes this like pay to play type game where, you know, if you've got more money behind you, right, your comic's going to get noticed and it sort of like undemocratizes the whole thing. So I'm not entirely sure how I feel about that, but it is at least an idea that's worth considering. And uh, what advice do you have for young comic creators? I would say, and maybe this is, I don't know, I'll, if you ask this question to 90% of the artists out there, I feel like their answer is going to be pretty generic and it's going to be to just have fun with it and just try, you know, try your best, have fun with it, start somewhere, you know, get the ball rolling like that. And that is important. It's very important. But I think if you're really considering a webcomic and you're serious about it, like if you're, if you're not just doing it because it's a hobby, because you want to have fun with it, I think it's important to really have a structure and, and go into it knowing that it's going to take up X amount of time and knowing that 
if you want to be successful, you're going to have to put in the effort and you're going to have to put out the work for it. Um, I say that as somebody who's been doing comics for, like I said, nine years, but um, it really, it's, it's based on what you want. Cause there are creators that it is just a hobby for them. And it starts out as something fun and wonderful. And if they have 10 followers, they're, they're happy and they're, you know, that's all they need. Right. But if you're, if you're in it for the sake of creating more as a business, then you have to, you have to plan for that. You know, it's more than just drawing. Roddy, anything you want to add? So yeah, probably, you know, just to sum up what McCall said, you know, you need the big D, the big D in the room, discipline. Discipline. Yeah. That's, that's it. <laughs> and, and, and it's not easy and it's not, and it's not easy and it's, and it's hard to, it's an emotional roller coaster. I mean, even, and I'm, and I'm just an editor, right. I'm not even the one creating the thing. Right. But just to see the ups and downs of, you know, why isn't this thing getting as much traction as I would hope? Uh, why, you, you know, when some people are complaining about certain things that you're doing or they have critiques that you're not, it, it's hard. It takes ambition and it takes like tenacity to do it. And some thick, and some thick skin and, yeah. you know, and, and that understanding that fine line between are my viewers are, are, are what my, excuse me, my readers telling me, is it actually true? Or are they just like trolling me mm-hmm. and, and trying to just, and take all of that in stride and figure out what the right next steps are. So while also still being, having integrity to like who you are and the story you want to tell. And having somebody that, that is on your side that you can actually trust to give you, unsol- uh, to give you like candid yeah. feedback. Yes. Like, I think that that's, that helps right. quite a bit too. You don't want anybody blowing smoke up your butt because then, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll end up with a blind spot. So if you can find somebody that you trust that can do that, that you, that you actually believe in what they say, that's, that helps out too. And then also you're not working alone then. And it's not as no. lonely. And the payoff, the payoff of having somebody on your side, whether your comic has 10 views or 10,000 views is really, it's important. I've learned that that is very important. And I think having um, you know, going from just being a solo creator to having an editor and having somebody kind of guiding me and and going through the trenches with me really uh, makes a difference yeah I mean it's been incredible to talk to the different uh artists that have come onto the show you know some have editors from webtoon some have friends other or siblings even that that help and you know you can see the difference in creative process so um this idea of finding someone to work with you I'm sure it's difficult uh you know McCall you probably there probably been a few other people who who may have wanted to work with you but I'm glad you you two have found each other and it seems like it's a partnership that works uh, very well together it is and she gets what she and she gets what she pays for too <laughs> which is I don't pay anything <laughs> yeah I, I don't I don't make a dime off of any of this I do this because this is a this is a hobby and a creative outlet for me that I never would have gotten any other way and it's totally changed my life like this I, I love doing this I absolutely love and- doing this like we said earlier, like it's, it's a matter of trust. Like I probably wouldn't pick anybody else to do this with. I love it. That's so wholesome. Are you two ready to uh, close things off with our rapid fire question? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. So uh, which fictional character best describes your personality? Rowdy, why don't you go first on this one? I had a real hard time with this one, but I'm going to say Max from Goof Troop. (laughs) It's so, it's so true. I mean, (laughs) if you knew him in real life, you would know that was even more true. For me, I, I don't know. This is one of those questions. This is probably the only question that I was like, I don't know that I can answer that. 
too difficult. Well, now I'm going to put Rowdy on the spot. Rowdy, can you think of, is there someone you can think of? If it's controversial, we can skip. I don't want to get you fired on the pod, but uh, <laughs> is there someone that comes up on uh, to mind? I've already lost my job 10 times over before this anyways. <laughs> it's all good. But for, for McCall, oh, that's a, that is actually a tough one. A fictional character. All right, my answer is going to be her chibi. <laughs> the chibi that she talks That's great. All right, McCall, next one. Which three comics would you take with you on a desert island i feel like we should both answer this question because they're probably similar mm -hmm. at least um one i know we'll agree on is uh spurs and stripes by red mari um which is actually a comic that's been going on for a long time and we it's just finished like it just finished this year maybe what a month ago um and it's been going for seven eight years something like that we've been following it from the very beginning um and we love that comic but aside from that, I would say um, maybe maybe a VLA by Lucid. Uh, that's one of the originals that I ever found. Um, maybe Starfighter, which is also like the first comic I ever read. These are also completed. Like these are all three mm -hmm. completed comics. So like I'm not going to take a comic that's halfway done to a deserted island because then I'm just going to be I'm just going to be sad. <laughs> Rowdy, top three. I'm gonna. All right, I'm limiting myself to just webtoons because if we open this up to like uh, manga, then my 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 three would change. So I would also say yes, Spurs and Stripes. Um, it's it's one of my favorites as well, and it was the first BL comic that I, the first uh, U.S. based BL comic I ever read. Um, so it, it's near and dear to my heart. Uh, the second would be Stare Down, which um mm. is another. Yeah. It's another. You guys fantastic, know. Yeah. It's another fantastic comic. Uh, just because of it, it it, it just handles the vibe so well like the pacing the vibe of the genre so well um and the last one is not a bl uh it's and it's a new one on webtoon uh jackson's diary i think it's a load of fun i really enjoy that comic and it's not a, a comic that i would typically read but i think it's fantastic mm -hmm. i gotta catch up on that one next one if you could pick any creator to have dinner with who would it be you should tell them the story, Rowdy. Actually, this is a funny. It's a funny. I question. had I had the I had the the joy of being able to have dinner with uh one of the creators of Spurs and Stripes. So um that was that was awesome. So red red of the red Mari pairing that mm -hmm. does Spurs and Stripes. I actually got to have dinner with them. So I don't have anybody right now because my dream has been fulfilled. Hey, you also had dinner with me at one point. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> you you got two under your belt. Um, for me. For me, I would probably pick, he mentioned Stare Down, um, Soy, the creator of that comic. I, I adore her. She's, she's just wonderful. And I think it would be fun to meet her and talk to her because she lives all the way on the other side of the world. Mm -hmm. So if we met, it would be, it would be such a, a high contrast, you know, two different people and getting to talk about our different like journeys on this webcomic app and, and everything. I, I, it would probably be her if I had to pick. Um, we also have another friend who not, they're a brand new webcomic artist, but they've done a lot of animation. Um, oh, and yeah. that's Neil, Neil Illustrator. Mm. And she, she is somebody that I think we will meet eventually because um, she's getting into conventions and stuff too. So it would That's be also right. it would be really nice to meet her. And she just launched a comic on Webtoon for the uh, for the competition called Covenant Thirteen. That's that's phenomenal. Her her mm, art yeah. style is 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 phenomenal. Um, I also want to you know not to take away the thunder of the rapid fire, but I also want to <laughs> put a shout out to 
um, soy from, from Stairdown because uh, TLLT's success is in part due to her and her willingness to sort of help us out and give us feedback and, you know, help, she helped promote us a little bit as well. And so we are totally indebted to her graciousness and kindness. Mm-hmm. And she's the way, she's the way that we found out about this podcast too. So she is great. We, we absolutely love soy, loved having her on the show and uh, glad to see she was able to help so much. What are both of your favorite scenes from any webtoon? You can go. I'll kick this one off. Yeah. All right. So selfishly and selfishly and shamelessly um <laughs> the in the legless traveled the stage singing scene which took a very long time to do that was probably one of the biggest undertakings both Four reviewing weeks. and mccall draw, drawing and it, it was it was rough but I, I i absolutely adore that but aside from the, our own work um the first kiss and heartstopper and the heartstopper comic yeah that's a good one that's yeah, a good that's- one for me um I'm going to actually, I'm going to pick the comic that the other comic, that's a road trip comic that I know of. Um, and that's the less than epic adventures of TJ and Amal, which is such a mouthful for a name, but, um, there's a scene in that comic where the two characters are obviously they're on this road trip together and it's the first like major hotel scene that you get with them. Um, and they're, I think they're like, they're drinking, they're watching some old tv show that they both know and the characters like just have a good time together and it's the first time that they really like loosen up and enjoy each other's company because they don't know each other on this road trip either um and that scene sticks out in my mind because i think that's probably one of the biggest inspirations is that scene in particular for me wanting to do a road trip comic Mm. and then for our final question if you could have dinner with a fictional character, who would it be? Judas, because he would take me someplace delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably Judas. I had such a hard time with this one. I had such a, such a hard time with this one. And I, and I just, I, I don't have a good answer. So I'm going to give my backup answer. Uh, the character Owen Meany from the John, the John Irving novel, A Prayer for Owen Meany. Oh, I don't mm. even know that. That's, a, that's an oddball one for me. Rowdy, McCall, thank you so much for taking some time. Listener, please check out The Leg Less Traveled on Webtoon. From there, you'll be able to find McCall's link tree and you'll be able to find their Instagram, Patreon, uh, and a bunch of other goodies uh, tucked into that link tree as well. But Rowdy and McCall, thanks so much for uh, taking some time today. Yeah, thank you for having us. It's been a lot of fun. This was an awesome experience. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any feedback or want to be featured as our next guest, please write to us at pixelsandpanelspod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, like, or give us a five-star rating. See you all next week.